They're spooky. They're bitches. They're the spooky bitches of Lubbock. And they're coming to YouTube September 2019. Follow the Spooky Six as they navigate the alternative art scene in Lubbock, Texas. If you love Halloween, art, Lubbock, and the things that go bump in the night, follow the Spooky Six on Facebook and Instagram. They're not basic bitches. They're spooky bitches. I am your host, Andrew Farmer. With me, as always, your other host, the Jedi Cole Houston. Uh, good evening. And um, I just saw this really cool, the you know, the oh, the, the hydrogen atom that uh, <laughs> Dr. Manhattan uses for his, his forehead there. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm so stealing that because I'm, I'm going to use it. It's going to be the emblem of my movement. <laughs> you're, you're pretty regular, so you yeah. Uh, it just it, yeah, it symbolizes that poop I jokes. I use a lot of Metamucil. We are coming in hot with poop jokes. Um, we are. We it's are, only a poop joke because you made it a poop joke, Mister. We are. Th- we are Don't th- you blog my movement? <laughs> we are three times blessed tonight. Um, number one, uh, we are blessed with a dream guest. In my uh, opinion, and I mean, you, you hush your beautiful mouth. No, I'm, no, I'm humble. I'm humble. You're humble. That was a, hum- you're that was a humble, humble. Um, uh, Somebody I've wanted on the show for a long time, and not really a big comic book guy, but big, uh, big smart guy. Big smart guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> big smart guy. You are, you are uh, blessed with a wealth of knowledge of things yeah. that would elude us. <laughs> and uh, thereby uh, smarten up the room considerably. And uh, funny, because, you know, oh, professionally yeah. Yeah. funny. One, thank you, and two, if you saw my taxes, you wouldn't you'd take that back. But um, <laughs> Speaking but... <laughs> of taxes, can we talk about uh, vampires? And, uh... <laughs> Enough of that! <laughs> uh, I, Dan... I, I, I kind of want to do a whole podcast now about the economic, the eco-socionomic uh, backgrounds of of, of mythical creatures. <laughs> <laughs> I careful what you wish for, sir. Big, uh, big that can happen. Best in Bitcoin. I know that for a fact. I think <laughs> that mummies probably have it more likely made because they had a lot of stuff, you know, buried with them. Yeah. So they they start out with some venture capital. That was smart on their part. <laughs> yeah. You know who sucks at, at at you know even a simple like an easy. Um, <laughs> What, what, like like an easy like like TurboTax werewolves suck at doing yeah. taxes. That's yeah yeah. What's the deal? They're God they're dude. they're the curlies of cryptozoology. They really basically. they really are. They're, they're just big dumb dogs. They follow they follow their leader. That the voice you hear is one Danny Gallagher. Oh, um, it took five minutes to get to my name. So Danny, um, improvisational extraordinaire, Wonderkent, 
um, funny guy, political satirist. Uh, am I missing anything? Humble. Satirical yeah. satirist as well. Yes. Satire, satire. It's not a bad title, actually. Satirical satirist. Well, you can um, have that. That's uh, everybody gets one. I I, I, I took a. Uh, you're only going to know this guy, but I took a. I, I stole a joke from, uh, or in terms of what I call myself, from Joe Queen and calls himself a cheerful nihilist, which right. is. I hold strong opinions, but I don't hold them for very long. I just kind of, you know. <laughs> you, you got it. So, it's gone. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's they're awesome. slippery. So that's <laughs> one. So that's one blessing that we have tonight. Yeah. Um, blessing number two is that Cole being the, uh, producer extraordinaire that he is allowed this show to happen when it did. Um, we, how many shows are we booked out for now? We are into early 2021 at this point. And we I think into like, uh, like more April week. 2021, and yeah, we've added one more. We're adding our first 90 minute giant a little later this year. There you go. And third, this is a show that I don't know that I could think of a better guest for, and that's not tooting your horn necessarily, Danny, though I will toot it all night long. Um, th- this is more of a, like... Only if you buy him a drink. <laughs> oh, um, only if you buy him a drink. Um, I'll send you an Applebee's gift card. Oh, my God. I got some White Claw around here somewhere that we can. Oh, God. Yeah, oh, baby. It's a whole other thing. Um, it's a topic that I'm honestly nervous about covering, and I don't get nervous about doing this. We've been doing this for so, so, so long that I can, you know, walk into pretty much any of these situations and do. But this is um, this is a, um, a sticky subject. Because we're going to be – we're not a political podcast. We, we veer pretty hard away from the politics. But yeah. Uh, our other – our sister podcast, Hey Kids Politics, uh, is very popular among Hmong pundits. But, young Hmong uh, pundits. Yes. Young, are you from the – are you in the – are you sitting on a front porch in a Stephen King novel? What was that? <laughs> I wouldn't go to that cave if I was you. Young, young punk, right? <laughs> Don't go beyond the. Where's the? That's the home of the young punk pundits. It's it's warm today, but what no, the, this is even a word, old man. <laughs> I know you. It's a word. Danny, welcome to Hey Kids Comics. This Thank is, you. This yes. is all it is. That's this is what we do. Hey Kids Comics, my hometown. Oh my God. Oh. Is it time for that again? It's not it is time. time for it's it's time for uh, uh, comic Garrison Keeler. Comics Garrison Keeler is back. Oh, At least uh, comics Bernie Sanders hasn't made an appearance. No, thank God. Uh, he was afraid he was run off by the young spun pundits. <laughs> All right, so or, or our, comic Bill De Blasio never had a chance. <laughs> so wow. Um, what are we? What's the title? I, I can tell you what it's about, Cole. But what's the title? Yeah, the, the title is "Comics Co-opted," or "How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love Comic Characters as Ideologues." There you go. So, the story here is ongoing. My Kubrick tribute. Yes, you you do <laughs> you you do love your Kubrick, your Kubrick. Um, the story here is ongoing, and it's been something that's really really bothered me. You know, we don't do the serious episodes very often, and I'm not promising that this is going to be one of them with these two and me. Um, but 
there's been a thing that's been sticking in my craw uh, for quite a while, and it's the idea that the thing that the thing that I love is being appropriated in ways in which it wasn't a t- intended to be, and that's sure. you know comic book. So uh, I kind of want to go back to the beginning of when I noticed this happening, and you know start start flushing out what transpired because it was really exciting at the beginning. It was really exciting when it started because, you know, it opened up this wealth, this thing. We saw this progression, this meek will inherit the earth progression of, you know, your D&D comic book, Magic the Gathering nerds growing up and getting these tech jobs and becoming your, you know, as scary as this is to say, your Mark Zuckerbergs or your, you know, these guys that were that, that coded in their parents' basement until they could, you know, get into their parents' garage and build a computer and then build Uber. Right. Um, these are, you know, these are the people we saw, but there's, there's been a progression that is horrifying. It's exciting and it's horrifying. And, um, Danny, you probably don't know, you might, I'm not going to assume you don't know, but you're, you're a self, you're a self-announced not comic book nerd. So are you familiar with V for Vendetta as a concept? Oh yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you know it from the movie or from the comics or? All, all I mean, answers I, are good. <laughs> I learned about it. I learned about it from the movie, and then a friend of mine had the graphic nice. novel, and I kind of read. I didn't read the whole thing, but you, you only I, can kind of read. Well, yeah, I can only <laughs> kind of read. I, I will not give you a pass on that, sir. I did. I was drunk at the time. Um, nice. Okay. nice. I read a lot. No, no, get, it was like get off with the fine. I I got. I was like, I wanted to see the book because. I thought the movie was going to be like awful because it was it was I think it was a Wachowski Brothers movie. I think so. And like everything they've done, almost everything they did since The Matrix was like was like god awful. Like they did Speed Racer, which made me want to bleach my eyes. And oh, um, I mean, god, and, yes. like, and then and then there was this. You know, I remember seeing the trailer in the theater for Beef and for Vendetta. I'm like, oh, that's going to suck. And I watched it and I was like, holy shit! I kind of like because it because it because it made me. Like you think you have it figured out, and then really you don't, and and it just it was it was finally a movie that stood for something, unlike you know, uh, the second and third Matrix trilogy. And there <laughs> was one other movie they did that was like off, it was like so off the chart, couldn't stand it, but I can't remember which one. So. Oh well, good, good, yeah. So. Yeah, so I'm familiar with it. Nice. So. The book comes out, you know, you're, you're, as it, it doesn't come out. Actually, the book is released over a period of time. I believe Cole, correct me if I'm wrong, but in Warrior. Yeah, the uh, it was originally serialized in the British magazine oh. Warrior. Okay. However, Warrior goes out of business. Right. right. Another ten or fifteen years passes. Alan Moore makes the biggest splash humanly possible in the history of comics. Uh, not just American comics, but certainly by being offered the opportunity to make some use of the Charlton characters DC had acquired prior to the crisis on Infinite Earths, presented a treatment that would have killed or drastically changed all of them. Right. And was suggested that perhaps he take a different tack. <laughs> and thus we get Watchmen. So suddenly Alan Moore is king. Right. Right. And DC says, "Hey, you remember that project you and that other guy never finished?" And forgive me, I'm I'm too lazy to look up the artist. <laughs> but uh, you know, the, they went Lloyd. back. 
David, David Lloyd. Lloyd. And they reunited. He and David Lloyd finished the project. I think some of it was already done, but never published. And it, to my eyes, I can't tell a break. I don't really know at what point yeah. it shut down. And Moore himself said in an interview that he really there were aspects he would have changed but chose not to mm. because they didn't age as well as he'd like. And there's only one point where I can say, okay, that's probably uh, there's a lot of it is radio announcements, a lot of the dialogue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the story is imparted to you via the radio announcements, and there's some mention made of Princess So-and-So, suggesting that somehow under a fascist state there would still be a royal family in England. And I really feel like maybe that one stuck in his craw because it is the only part that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Everything else feels pure, you know, jackboot fascism. And that's the story, right? The story is a neo fascist government takeover of England. It, it, it right. is your quintessential post-apocalyptic story where the entire world doesn't go completely to shit, but as a result of a good deal of it going that way, yeah, everything changes in England. And the, and, uh, and the character of V is typified by a very British icon. Hmm. And that is the mask, the effigy of the uh, British, Guy yeah, for yeah. lack of a better word, the British terrorist Guy Fox, who had arranged with a group of others to blow up the Houses of Parliament. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, it is the this was supposed to have occurred on the 5th of November. So yes. that becomes a very big the, the storyline Envy for Vendetta begins November fifth, twenty eighteen, I believe it is something like oh, that. Oh god, I just I just realized a terrorist has his own day. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, that's I, I, I didn't put that together. I mean I yeah. I, I knew about this, but, it, but I it's didn't effectively a celebration yeah. of his uh, machinations being uncovered and the Houses of Parliament not getting blown up. Oh, okay. So they, let's name yeah. after the guy. After the guy and, that failed. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a very British. That's a very British thing. Right now, but I also want to get employed in the future. Uh, yeah, but the thing about it is that this is a very British sort of thing, is to have a day set aside to celebrate the fact that the Houses of Parliament didn't get blown up. Yeah, yeah. And you burn <laughs> Guy Fox in effigy as part of the festivities. Right. It's the ultimate and, British shaming is to name the day after the guy that yeah, failed. Yes. And, uh, Throwing a so, yeah. party for someone in England is the ultimate I mean, insult. So <laughs> That's great. I guess after he was hanged like for treason, uh, everybody thought he was a witch because now they burn him to the stake. But there you have it. Yeah. Uh, but the thing about it is that, you know, here he becomes in the vehicle of E for Vendetta – a, a British icon that harkens back to a pre-fascist age. Well, yeah. he, and, and he but also represents fascism. a freedom fighter. Yeah, because yes. Guy Fox and his cronies imagined that they were doing some good, that they were battling everything that they thought was well, wrong was it, with I, I, Imperial Britain. Was it so? Uh, was, was Parliament like as corrupt 
as I mean, I'm sure it's always been corrupt, but oh, his, well, if, his guy Fox know, is still the villain in this, like absolutely, because okay, I okay. think most people felt like right. that he was. And certainly the burning him in effigy suggests that by and large he yeah. did not have the support of the British people. Right. Oh, okay. okay. Now you couldn't. You couldn't like convince, well, now you couldn't I don't know my British as American, but uh, now but you could what, not convince V though that Guy Fox wasn't in the right. It, no, I think in, that V took well, on a different the, universe. I mean, if yeah. you're talking about if you're talking about now, then yeah, V would be a terrorist. But if you're if you're talking about the, you know, the state-run uh, theocracy. Oh, that's uh, not what we're – okay. Sorry. What, what were you saying? I, 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 I missed it when I blacked out for a second. I'm back now, though. <laughs> um, but no, so let's fly – okay, so that explains – I really think that what V represented, the, yes. the choice in the, in the narrative sure. for V to don the Guy Fox mask is – uh, basically uh, a remembrance of going to extremes to affect change. Uh, in fact, V cites a, what I believe is a, uh, not something that Alan Moore wrote himself, but uh, is part of the, the history of Guy Fox, And it's the poem, Remember, Remember the 5th of yeah. November, the right. gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason why gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Right now, and it's that moment that V blows up the house's apartment. <laughs> right now, I want to flash forward to um, uh, to a less simple time in our lives, um, post V for Vendetta, post the you know the extrapolation that Alan Moore um, and David Lloyd did after you know the the Warrior was canceled and it was re released, and to two thousand and eight. Um, and a video that that for in an odd way for comic book fans and, and just people in general was kind of a shot across the bow for uh, what a decentralized yet mobilized group of um, I, I, I don't want to call them anarchists because they some of them say they are and some of them say they aren't. You can't tell because they're decentralized, right? Group of people yeah. can do. And do you, were well, in in the context of V for Vendetta, V very much speaks of anarchy. Sure, he is an anarchist, right? Uh, and frankly, like all anarchists, because you, when you get right down to it, if you boil V for Vendetta down to its bare bones, what Alan Moore presents you with is a psychopath, right? Here's a guy who is driven insane by the system, yet is probably the most brilliant man in London <laughs> simultaneously. And, and, and Stephen Fry's in that, so that's a high bar. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> and John Hurt. It's one of my it's one of the things I like about it. I was like I was like I'm so yeah. happy to just cast Stephen yeah. Fry in such a great role. Anyway. So let's, uh, let's getting back on track. Forward, yeah. yeah. Do you, when you think about it, anarchy, I, there was um, – what's his name? Who was the wrestler who went into politics? And, oh, Jesse Ventura. Yeah. The smartest thing that man ever said was when he was talking about anarchists being complete imbeciles. I've never Be, heard that. 
Go ahead. They're not so many words, but he was talking about, you know, the problem with anarchists is they imagine that a world without some form of government or a society without some sort of government is viable. He said, (laughs) so imagine everybody in this studio. How did you get here? You came here on highways that were created by what? The government. You know what what the world would be like without a centralized government? You would have paid a hundred tolls just to cross every piece of land yeah. that you crossed yeah. to get here. And that's you, just the, that's just the beginning. Yeah. Are you sure he wasn't talking about libertarians? Because that sounds <laughs> that sounds that <laughs> sounds oddly close. He was actually talking about libertarians actually just being thinly veiled anarchists. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but you, Danny, well, have anarchists. you seen? I kind of can do a gentle. Uh, go ahead. What were you? Did oh, you? Were you? privy to that first anonymous video when it came out in 2008 oh uh i don't i don't even remember what the video was about because there's been so many since then it was about scientology it was their first initial big salvo into attacking you know decentralized attack on on something and yeah, the, I didn't see it come out. I didn't when it came out. I didn't watch it, but as I was reading up on it, I did. I eventually saw that one and like got caught up with what they were. I, I saw the end, but there were no credits because it was anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, well, just every credit's just anonymous. Yeah, yeah. it just was a whole <laughs> list of best way anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I do remember the Scientology uh, uh, break. Uh, but uh, the post-credit cookie was brilliant. <laughs> I mean, it just left me hungry for the next video. Well, and that's the thing. You're not kidding, actually, because oh God. I know you kind of nailed it because the post credit sting after this video came out announcing, you know, and the world went bug nuts. But Gorilla oh, yeah. gets crazy yeah, yeah. because it's the first time we had ever seen anything like this. And, you know, yeah. at the time, it wasn't like it is now where you can you, you can go, you know. You can have a press conference and draw on a on a map with a sharpie, and then everybody's talking about it. <laughs> this is, um, you know, this was a time when this kind of thing didn't happen. All of a sudden, it was happening. The right, post credits right. sting. The Sizzler after the, you know, after the the actual movie itself was a guy. We think it's a guy. I, I don't think it's ever been identified. Again, anonymous with voice modulation and a guy fox mask telling us that they were yeah. anonymous. <laughs> And they weren't going to stand for this kind of fascism and, right. you know, uh, you know, religio fascism. And I was I was shocked because of what because of what it stood for and because of the because of the right. just when compared to your V for Vendetta, all of a sudden, which is absolutely where it came from. And a little sidebar yeah, yeah. for everybody mm-hmm. out there, every one of those masks that gets sold. A portion of that sale goes back to Warner Brothers. So great job, Anonymous! Way to fight the power. Yeah, I thought um, you were going to say the CIA. Well, who knows? It, it also finances the. Uh, but no, I do. It finances the Kindling Fund for Guy Fox Day. Right. Yeah, you. But no, I do remember when when Anonymous kind of became this big thing. I was like, holy, like, is this like reality? Is this like fiction becoming reality? But Danny, do you remember this... the fifth of November? No. The gunfighter president plot? No. I didn't know. That's the meant like I didn't even I'm ashamed to say I didn't even know who Guy Fox was until But see that's rather all that came all all you know, the movie came out and then I started reading about him because I'm I mean I love history, but 
but as a kid, I wasn't. I, I just couldn't sit still to learn it. But as I got but older, Danny, I was, the thing about it is, it. as an American, most of us had never <laughs> heard of Guy Fawkes or yeah, Guy exactly. Fawkes Day. Most of us didn't know it wasn't spelled F O X. Mm. Most of us had never <laughs> even encountered. I remember seeing Warrior Magazine right. at yeah. the comic shop, yeah. and and one of the icons on the cover was the was V's mask hanging on a candelabra. And I always thought, oh, it's like Drama Man. (laughs) Because honestly, as a teenager, I had no idea. From from SNL, like John Lovett is doing that mask. That's right. Acting! 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 But the thing about it is, it's rather appropriate. What you just said is part and parcel to the point right, right. of this issue is that when these icons are adopted, more often than not, the people who rally behind them have no clue of their origins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and somebody did. Vendetta, that's what they did. You know, but they co-opted that mask from V for Vendetta, not from Guy Fawkes. Right. Yeah. right. If they knew what they knew Alan, that real history. I mean, done. So it's sort of a third-hand co-opting what was that danny well i was gonna say so does that make so like before was it kind of unheard of to wear a guy fox mask on nobody did it nobody did it yeah that's what i thought like that was like i had never seen a guy fox mask right in anything that wasn't the v for vendetta movie (laughs) prior to i take that back the first time i saw the mask for some my mind went straight to vincent price (laughs) i was I was like, I know who's behind this. That's what it reminded me of. I was a big classic. It was and still am a big classic horror fan. But yeah, no, I had but, no context. But You're right, no, had any context. Until that's like, the way of the chiller. Yeah. <laughs> Spooky spiders. Um, he's going to oh, do this and, for the rest of the and, episode and, now. And so fun, fact, strap in. Um, fun fact, you can take the uh, Vincent Price dialogue mm-hmm. from uh, Thriller. And do it sing song to uh, Dance Hall Days. Oh, yeah, you can find that <laughs> and it out. Works perfectly. You can also take the oh, uh, dialogue. I remember how it goes in my head. I can't. It's about the hounds yeah. from hell and rod inside a corpse. Danny, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that, Danny? Now this is going to be the rest of the episode. So I could do my Vincent Price. <laughs> also, you can take the dialogue from Vincent Price in, um, in Thriller and you can flush it straight down the toilet. Um, <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. oh. No, no, I know it's a tangent. I get it. So yeah. I remember my initial two reactions to seeing this as a comic fan. We we mm-hmm. were doing this. We were doing a podcast. I think it was Amazing Comic Cast when this happened in 2008, Cole. And I think we've talked yeah. about it. I think we talked about it on that show. But I remember my initial two reactions to this was the first reaction was, "Oh, how cool." Like, this group yeah. that's decentralized and, and anarchistic and taking on the, the man is is donning these Guy Fox masks, is representing all of the, all, you know, V from V for Vendetta, you know. Like how Che Guevara became a t-shirt and, like, a big... Perfect. Kind of, yes. Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's a good example. In fact, that sort of thing, like Che Guevara as a, an icon... That's co-opted by people who have no idea who that is. He just looks damn good in a beret, and uh, and, and that's a, that's a hard look to pull off. It is because yeah. we found we found that out on C Lab 2021. But it's that sort of thing is 
reflected in the Starman series it when yes. uh, Jack Knight is wearing a ragdoll, the villain, a T-shirt with his image. Right. And he's called down by his father because the last that character was known in this incarnation of the DC Universe was as a terrorist who led a uh, helter-skelter style murderous rampage through mm. Star City or Opal City, rather. Well, and, and my, like I said, my second reaction was, oh shit. Like, <laughs> was, was okay. It's like the end of Spaceballs. There goes the planet. And it was. It was like there goes the planet because I'm thinking to myself, and and it's not prescience and it's not intelligence. It's being a comic book fan. Okay, so <laughs> guy, so Guy Fox represents this, and they've come out decentralized wearing Guy Fox masks, and or not Guy Fox, but V for V and V for Vendetta represents this. They are obviously representing the what V for Vendetta stood for, oh. as well as being a cool way to keep yourself anonymous. Let's be real. Um, yeah. And and they're and they're coming out to say this. Awesome. What about – Because the only other choice was, and it hadn't been invented yet, was the poop emoji mask. What we don't have up <laughs> right. to this point is anybody appropriating these comic book characters in a fashion in which they are meant to be appropriated and and using them. We have people – you know, we were – Cole and I were talking before the show wearing shirts that, you know, would say, you know, be – be the, be the best you, you can be unless you can be Batman and then be, you know, that shirt. We had people, you know, we had guys dressing up like comic book characters with um, with batons and throwing stars roaming the streets at night trying to protect people. We had that. Right. But, we, but we, and we also had for a great number of years, any time that I've seen an icon as a window decal – Oh, yeah, I get it. I mean, you'll you'll always see, like, a Superman or a Batman. Those are the most common. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, like, you know, nowadays Deadpool's been popularized. But especially the Superman emblem was so iconic that people who Mm -hmm. never set foot in a comic shop, never read a comic book in their life. Yeah, they just wore it because it's like, oh, Dawn, I'm Yeah, yeah, it's, it's Superman. That's why Shaq Superman. Has, like, I got a Superman yeah. on the back of my Camaro, you it's know? Like that's Shaquille what O'Neal I has, like, like, I think he's got Shaq has a – Shaquille O'Neal has, like, a Superman tattoo. And I I remember from his Cribs episode on MTV, like, he has Superman on his gym equipment. And he has it on, like, the headrest of his fucking, you know – you know, Camaros and caught like he puts it everywhere. And I'm right. like, okay, yeah. I get it. You're, you're, you're a great basketball player, but you're not fly around the world and turn back time. Super. But that's like, the, but otherwise that's the you thing. wouldn't have missed that three pointer. Right. right. right yeah. Now. Yeah. But if, those you can symbols... make if you could make one free throw, I'd let you have that super. <laughs> yeah. Sure. If, you didn't, if you didn't, Nobody take, if you didn't flop every that. time, you know, Carl Malone is... got near you. Maybe right. is, that, is that accurate? Is uh, a three pointer? I, I have no idea. Yeah, no, he was, he yeah. Was just, I have zero frame of reference. He's I was famous for not being know, able was, to shoot from the from the from the free throw line. Like he was, he was unstoppable in the paint. Like he was one of the first guys I remember who would, like, whatever town he went into, they would have to reinforce the backboard because he was just so big and like and lumbering that you knew he was going to tear it down somehow. But if he needed uh, to pull back and but, shoot, you were spooked. Right, yeah, you right. weren't getting anything out of him. That, that, was, his, that was his kryptonite. Yes. 
That's yes, funny. throwing things is kryptonite. Free throws are his kryptonite. <laughs> Did you write for the Dallas Examiner back then, Cole? Because that absolutely <laughs> sounds like a sports, like like a headline for a sports article. Um, no, I mean, but, respect this for it. Please. But if but, you can, I. But if you he's, can, he's no Daryl Dawkins. But if you can appropriate, <laughs> there's, a, there's a dated joke. Yeah, yeah. If you can appropriate Wolverine. Just like I appropriated Daryl Dawkins. <laughs> if if you can appropriate Wolverine, I said Wolverine. What the fuck? If you can appropriate V, then yeah. why can't you appropriate anybody you want to whatever you want it to be? And I mean, that was my realization when I was like, oh, shit, this is not good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for years, nobody got my Thor references on my you know, the headrests and my Camaros and my... And my tattoos and so we ha- so we have See? characters that one hundred percent should not be appropriated. Mm-hmm. That now you know we're we're gonna fast forward from that point to sort of the end because otherwise we'll be here for the next four hours. This because, will be our first ninety minute giant. <laughs> because I said I said no distractions and no tangents. Damn it. Um, oh, I compl- I wasn't even paying attention to that part. Oh yeah, no, I know, right? <laughs> Neither was I. Apparently, I made, um, I made my career on distractions. But go ahead, right. yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you're you're like the uh, David Blaine of podcasting. <laughs> Like, look over there. Yeah, is that your card? Yeah. Um, David playing fun. But we're going to bypass things like Pepe the Frog, which, because yeah. it's not directly comic related, but 100% is exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, is, yeah. That, is that like that five-year-old scrawl that's yes. everywhere? Okay. It's yes. like, I think so it was... I mistook that for the frog from that yogurt place. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like some kind of something frog yogurt place. Is this that like when you listen to a podcast that's in New York and they just talk about New York stuff yeah. and I don't get it? Yeah, I don't know why nobody else knows about Edmonds. I thought the Dawkins was reaching back too far. Frog and a yogurt. Yeah, I'm, like I'm going to have to national treasure this and like figure this out. I You're going to need some like, 3D bifocals to get to the bottom of this fucker. Um... I, now I want to I want to flash forward to the the thing that caught the, the impetus for this particular show, which mm-hmm. uh, uh, Danny mentioned to me that he might have a personal story revolving around this, um, and that is more and more, and it's mm-hmm. been a, a while. I've been seeing, and and it's been brought to my attention, and you know I know that Cole has seen them, and I know that Danny has seen them. Yeah you start seeing the Punisher logo appearing on things. Yeah, and, and increasingly in the last few years. Shockingly, in the last about two years, <laughs> would you say? Um, you're seeing... All the, of them are seen in gyms. That's the weird part. See, you have a gym story about this, but I have a car. No, I just... I, I just when I actually went to gyms, I don't now. Um, but, <laughs> like, it was literally like every freaking every guy that was there, to like, pretending to know where the... Pretending he didn't know where the weight machine was, but clearly was there to lift weights, was wearing a Punisher shirt of some ilk because it's like, you know, it represents like, oh, I'm the warrior, you know, like, because there was a time when I put like a little muscle on in college and you kind of catch yourself like, like flexing and being like, I am a goddess. And then basically those guys (laughs) with the Punisher logo. And 
goddess was a wrong word, but it's funny, so I'm going to stick with no, it. Don't, uh, no, don't. I, I was that. brilliant. I, I <laughs> would. I'm not going to challenge you on that because you are gold. you are say, a goddess. Thank you. I meant to say golden god from uh, all, uh, almost famous, but I said goddess, and that's funnier. But oh, no, it's that moment. Like, like to me, that's the ultimate like moment of like now when guys who you know bulk up at the gym take a picture of themselves and yeah. put "I am a warrior" meme on it. Like that was basically Punisher t-shirts. And it's interesting you bring that up because that really was, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the licensed iconography became the emblem of you know, oh, Mister Tough Punisher, Frank Castle got nucked in on me, and then mm-hmm. that gets supplanted by a more insidious sort of yeah. yeah. But I mean, pro- that was insidious. Oh, and enough. by the way, assholes, sweet frog premium frozen yogurt. <laughs> look it up. Where is there one in your neighborhood that you were just <laughs> making a reference to that nobody knows? <laughs> I, th- I I swear we did a in my in my Maki horror show we did a a reference to CCBY which I didn't know was around anymore and Sweet Frog officially will replace that. Oh, thank God! Because I didn't think anybody remembered TCBY, and I was like, "No, Sweet Frog is going to be the reference now." Because no one, one person, it's a joke for exactly one person. Yes, yeah. exactly. I don't care if he's in the room or not. It's if it's for him. It's, it'll be like a wolf howl. It'll be like you know, off in the distance, his ears will perk up and go, "Oh, that's for me." <laughs> it, for Cole, he gets the shivers not when somebody walks across his grave, but when somebody mentions sweet frog. frog, sweet frog frozen yogurt. All right, so, well, the closest one I can find to you, jerk, is in Springfield, Virginia. Oh, okay. Oh, it's, it's like a, it's like a, uh, it's not like it's an like over. A, it's like a damn chain. I mean, come on. Okay, I never heard of it. So, I mean, they, well, yeah, because it's, it's in Springfield, Virginia, because it closed during the Revolutionary War, <laughs> and it's haunted by the spirits of redcoats. Um, <laughs> all right, hey, it was founded according to Wikipedia. It was founded by Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> He has your bifocals, Danny. Go really? get him so you can tell how sweet <laughs> among, is. among his inventions were the potly stove, bifocal glasses, and frozen yogurt. So suck it. <laughs> <laughs> now I want a meme with Benjamin Franklin. And, <laughs> and uh, Sweet Frog. And yogurt. Sweet Frog. Yeah, so that, that that is a callback to a joke that we made about Pepe the Frog, which we made about three hours ago. That's right. No, but you're... But it's the same thing. It's it's they take something that is completely not but, intended to what it be, and then they make it their own. So they took this kind of idea. Way. Even what you were talking about with the gym, Danny, they mm-hmm. took an idea of a man that was uh, so broken that he that uh, right. literally the poster child for for mental illness, and and, and as has been said many times in the comic as well as by the creator that they right, he's not a hero yeah. yeah no he's not a hero this is not yeah. uh, the punisher stories are not non-heroic stories mm-hmm. and uh, you know it, it's about a it's about a monster man who who has a you know it's it's for lack of a better term it's like the the apex travis bickle character yes and they take oh this, yeah that's a good yeah that's a good example yeah. they take this this character, which guarantee you, none of them have picked up a comic and read a Punisher comic to even begin to understand <laughs> it, you know, and and 
decided that what it actually represents is strength and, you know, follow through and willpower. When mm-hmm. it, what it really represents is one man's completely broken vendetta to to avenge the deaths uh, the death of his family. Well, he's like the anti-Batman, even yeah. because he he yeah. is on this quest for vengeance that can never you know his thirst for blood can never be slaked. He will forever, you know, he becomes this entity that is uh, basically just an engine of vengeance and. Nothing will ever be enough. I mean, it's there is well, no yeah. blood that will balance the scales. But, but the, the red guys, is leisure, yeah. Right. The people that use the logo aren't like 99 out of 100 times don't know the story. No, they, they just, just they look at that and go, oh, that's a baller logo. We should put that on our motorcycle or put that on, you know, whatever. And I'll, I'll, I, I mean, I own a Punisher T-shirt. Um, but. Just because it looks it looks exactly. cool, but I get it. It's not. But, but if you're using options. it as like motivation for like, for like you know, oh, we're gonna kick ass. Like it's kind of. But it's, it's also I mean, in case, It's on the off chance you go back to the gym. <laughs> yes. You want to fit in. If you know? I go back to the gym, I'm getting an all Shira uh, workout clothing set. Oh, I don't mean, you dare! That is his. <laughs> that is my co-host's shtick. He, he has a. Me? Oh, I didn't mention. Yeah, he yeah. has a whole ensemble with Swiftwind. Oh, it's all, it's all about my life is all about Swiftwind. It's, oh, okay. it's all about that Pegasus life. Hashtag. Pegasus I was just gonna life. own. I was just gonna own something else that like could not be turned into a symbol. See if I could. <laughs> Please like, but, own it. But that's depend. That's dependent on me losing like 150 pounds and you know bulking up, which I, I don't. I'm almost 40. That's not. <laughs> I'm I'm past. I'm past Doc's oh, point. Oh, you're of you're. Burn. A, you're on the railroad trail you're like Andy. You're just no, no, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm. But I'm. But I, I. For me, like when you hit forty, it's like okay, what yard is what yard. You've hit that point on Doc Brown's railroad train of no return to 1985. <laughs> like, well, I guess I'm 320 for life. Yeah. <laughs> I can eat potatoes. You know, whatever the thing. Is. Yeah, whatever. Just, I'll just is. own whatever it is. I'll work like hell before my before my. Uh, 40th birthday, please. But yeah, no, Cole, you weren't wrong. It. But before yeah. your 40th birthday, let's get on with the show. <laughs> it's going to be your 40th birthday Sorry. by the time we're done with this. Um, you're not wrong. It did. So I here's where here's where I'm conflicted, mm-hmm. right? Where where it first really started showing up in in a fairly let's say more inappropriate way was in the military. Yeah. And I'm a little conflicted about that. Only because I in my I have a, a very strong military. I, I was never in the military, but almost my entire family has been in the military. I get this. I, I'm not saying it's right, but I 100% understand using a, the Punisher iconography as 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 somebody in the military because that's what you are trained to be. Right. You are trained to take no prisoners, take care of the enemy done and one and done whatever you yeah. want to say and there right? are there are many worse crimes than adopting a comic book logo right for your for your squadron or whatever like you know. but also i think if you look back there there's always a, a kind of ironic iconography or um, sure. I mean, it it's illustrated in the very movie i invoke in the title of this issue oh, um yeah. Where you have the, you know, Dear John and Hi There 
painted on the nose cones of the nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's always that sort of, you know, high Hitler, you know, you'd paint on the side of the bomb you're about to drop on, uh, you know, uh, Linkmeyer Sausage Factory from Hogan's Heroes. So, you know. No, I get it. It's, it's, it's not that yeah. unusual it's, that that would happen. But at the same time, much like with V, the there's not a lot of the icons are picked because they seem to invoke something that wasn't really what was intended. Correct. Right. Cor- correct. You know, the, the the enemy at war isn't the mafia that killed your family. You know, yeah. the the idea. I get the impetus, but the idea is something completely different. And the issue isn't so much what happens overseas at war. The issue is when that comes home. The issue is when it comes mm-hmm. home to to the states and that that iconography, that idea, that totemic, um, almost almost sigil. You know, I'm not going to get into my Alan Moore, Grant Morrison, uh, <laughs> chaos magic, right hand, left hand path shit here. Um, trust me, I could and I will, <laughs> but I'm not going to I'm not going to have that conversation about you know semen magic and drawing sigils and. Um, mm. But I, I can just know that I could. That's enough for me. That's my magic. Um, the, but it becomes that. It becomes this almost, almost rune of, of power for people. And a lot of people, when they come back from the military, they join the ranks of public service in in the in the police force. Right. And that's where it becomes for me. It starts to represent. That's where it's twisted because it's because because I I can see the line because in the military it's like okay you're in a you're in a in a constantly uh, dangerous situation you know it's all about destroying the enemy or capturing or what you know whatever term you want to use it but police it's Absolutely. like it's not all about like kicking ass and kicking down doors. Yeah, well, I mean you're, you don't people, drive you know, your Humvee over. Exactly, and in the military you're not going to drive your Humvee over. And spend a half hour hanging out at Dunkin' Donuts before you get back on the beat. Right. Well, you, you also know, don't have the law of, you know, you have the laws via the, the Geneva Convention and, you know, <laughs> whatever laws you have, if there are, depending on, you know. It's more of an extreme situation. So, like, the military is more of an extreme. Like, it, it's, I don't, wanna, I don't even want to use the term acceptable because then that gets into a whole subjective yeah. thing. But, like, in military, it's more... I guess understandable that that would be adopted, but police, it's kind of, that's kind of twisted. But that's, to me. What, it, that's what it becomes. Is right. Exactly. It, no, no. I, I, that's why it's twisted for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and normal. This, this vigilante and that's, he yeah. is the true vigilante. Yes, exactly. It becomes and, the icon for, for police forces doing, whether it's, whether it's the, um, the Blue Lives Matter movement, which, again, not a political podcast. I'm not going to get into it, but I, I just no. throw up in my mouth a little bit. Um, but it's, I mean, it's twisted because, again, if you know the story, it, I don't even put, I don't even use the term vigilante for the Punisher because it's all about, and and I don't, and 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 it's a fictional character, so I can say this, and it won't. Say, if it was about a real person, it would sound sick. But it's a fictional. But it's all personal for him. It's all about they killed my family. The system failed me. So I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to correct. In the largest wave of 
and the largest tsunami of bloodlust in the history of, you know, fiction. And, well, and, uh, you know, the thing about it is mm-hmm. it, it is a story about an endless cycle of vengeance. And right. that is not what, you know, you don't need a vehicle driving around with to protect and serve mm-hmm. with the something emblematic of vengeance. Yeah. Of wholesale bloodlust. Right. That's not and, what police And mindless be. killing. But yeah. by this point, there have been no less than what? Three movies, a TV show, mm-hmm. as well as. I know, don't think that Dolph Rundgren counts. You shut your. <laughs> you shut. You shut your ignorant mouth. It is. There is a doctor in a lab coat and red high heel pumps in the sewer for no reason in that movie for no reason it oh, is I haven't a, seen it in years i have to go back and watch it it is a lynchian mm. tour de force my friend <laughs> um but but you can't well, i mean are you saying there's something wrong with with making with with expanding it beyond the comics because it's or or what well what uh, i'll let you maybe no, you my, my point you, is you know in each <laughs> of those movies in each of those iterations you get an origin story. You get the pathology of, like you said, a, right. a, a, a man bent on personal vengeance, leaving in his wake, a, 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 I believe you said, a tsunami, which mm-hmm. I think that that's the most accurate term I could possibly think of, of, of blood, gore, and devastation in his, in, in his path. And that's what you're putting, that's what you're invoking when you put that symbol on your police vehicle or on your official police uniform you're are you trying to invoke fear in the hearts of the people you're trying to protect Um, and the thing about it is it would be tantamount to putting that little uh caricature of walter white on the dare vehicle (laughs) (laughs) no i was gonna say walter white's the perfect example of the modern punisher yeah, the, no, the, and actually, the iconography is supplanted from. But no, wasn't there a Heisenberg drawing that kind of became? Yeah, again, it's, oh yeah, the it's show was popular. The, the show things. was right. The show was popular, but and there were symbols like I think I even had a Breaking Bad T-shirt with that drawing on it at some point. Yeah, but no, it did. But but it was but it was it was uh, ubiquitous enough that people were like, oh, I know you're not supporting drugs. You just really like the show, and you know. You know, whether you're 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 not celebrating like, yes, if I if I ever get into a dire situation, I'll, you know, I'll do whatever. I'll kill if I have to or whatever. Now, if you're wearing that shirt and you've got one of those weird like rock candy on a stick things and it's blue, (laughs) that may be sending the wrong signals. I should have done that. I should have bought a crack pipe and just walked around with that (laughs) T-shirt. It's just like I'm the guy. I'm the guy. I'm the guy. (laughs) But. I guess the, the the point here is that these symbols surpass the comic book meaning at some point. Your your Superman logo that Shaq puts all over his car means something beyond just Superman. Your Batman symbol means something beyond just you know the comic book logo of Batman. You know they well, start to represent yeah. something above. You know they they elevated out of the medium and into this, you know, into this zeitgeist where it means something completely not different, but it represents the whole of what you feel you're projecting onto that at this point. 
maybe this this the sad truth is is that maybe that isn't like lost on some and i'm not speaking for all police you know there's there's good cops and bad cops and there's obviously very serious problem right now with the way most communities handle policing i i was a crime i won't say the city but i was a crime reporter for years and there was one police department and they would send the SWAT team in. if there was one gun in the house that they were going to serve a warrant in they would send in a SWAT team that had you know military grade weapon. i mean i i don't remember you know they had the they had more than than what i think most reasonable people most reasonable people would would say is reasonable for a um a city but like but you're saying like the symbol yes it's kind of sick but maybe it speaks to well maybe maybe that symbol isn't lost on them i mean you know we still not every state but we still have death penalties which we know are deterrents and we know you know are just vehicles of of vengeance disguised as justice but some people still see that as just some people equate vengeance with justice so Maybe the issue is that it's not lost on them. It's that maybe they really think that the Punisher is, or they, or someone like the Punisher is, is not enacting vengeance but enacting justice. Yeah. Which is kind of scary. But also, I think there, there, there's a certain element of the population Mm -hmm. that cater to an irony, uh, as well. Uh, You know, there are always those people who are like, you know, the Joker in the Dark Knight where they just want to watch the world burn. And uh, there was, you know, when I was in college, uh, one of the things that was very bothersome to me was when the uh, a man convicted to death in Texas of murdering kids by poisoning pixie sticks. Mm -hmm. And on the night of his execution, there were, you know gatherings of people with those big ass pixie sticks from 7-Eleven all just you know this sort of revelry that almost uh you mm-hmm. know we, we raise our eyebrow at the idea of Guy Fawkes Day yet it, yeah we're perfectly it, capable of doing the same it's kind of like so like I I listen to pod I was a crime reporter and I'm still interested in you know I you know crime stories I still have an interest in but there's kind of to me it gets there's like a million podcasts of like two people talking about oh how cool is this murder oh how cool yeah and like the only one i give a pass to is is less is last podcast on the left uh, one, my man one because they're the, one because they're the absolute funniest henry they zabrowski really is a, a freaking genius and I'm they a do ben the work. Guy. i'm a ben guy yeah i love ben yeah i love that whole show. but like the other ones like my favorite murder and like and like uh uh you know uh uh my favorite crime, you know, like these ones that like read about, you know, really awful murders in kind of this gleeful way. And I'm, and you know me, I'm, I have a sick sense of humor. I'm not like judging them, but it gets to a point where it's like, okay, we get the joke. Like you, you kind of, we all kind of get off on this at some point as, as, a, as like an affirmation of our life. Like when we watch someone die in a horror movie, it's like, well, it sucks to be them. And you walk out feeling twice alive, you know, that, 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 you know, it didn't happen to you. Like, I, I get that, but but that's kind of – but it's just been repeated over and over again. You know, I mean, there's a million podcasts like that that talk about crime, not even from a journalistic standpoint. It's like they go through the obituaries and just, like, point and laugh yeah. almost. Well, um, yeah. And I think that the, what you're speaking so to is, 
is what really bothers me about this because you know the police are bad enough but what you've done now is you've created this uh, atmosphere of acceptability yeah so it's now acceptable for it's i'm not going to say it's acceptable but it's acceptable for the shock value for somebody to go out and get like a a dylan klebold tattoo Mm-hmm. You know, it's an under. Oh, they're an edge lord. I would say it's troll. acceptable if they if they don't know the story, then they're just ignorant. Like if you look at a symbol and you're like, oh, that looks cool. I put it on my. I should put that on my jacket. And you don't know that a swastika is attached to years of you know genocide and and political death. Like you know, like that. That's just ignorance. But that, I think that's the point. Is now I've started seeing these mm-hmm. Punisher logos that. Yes, I see the I see the thin blue line Punisher logo, right? The Punisher where yeah. it's white and then it has the one blue, you know, uh, coming down from it. I've seen that plenty, but now I've started to see Punisher logos with Confederate flags. That yeah. are that are all Confederate yeah. flags. I've yeah. started to see Punisher logos, you know, that are, uh, you know, that, that uh, yeah. are representative well, of they, all these things, almost like well, Calvin Punisher pissing logo on something with... now. Exactly the the Punisher logo with um, the Trump hairdo. Yes, uh, God damn it! Oh yes. God, are you kidding me? No, no, it's there, and it's a big because this has become. Is it again, is the skull orange at least? Yeah, no, I think it's white. Okay. I think I think I, they're not. That oh well, no, self, white, white white's a better color. They, um, they aren't they aren't that well, self-effacing. But what they're saying, right. what they're equating the symbol now, that's what's happened. Is and that. Yeah, you you brought up the uh, the Confederate flag. I mean, that's that's enemy number one example of somebody adopting a symbol for you know for something that they think is noble. But when you actually look at it, no, it's pretty heinous and fucking stupid, and it, you know it should be a symbol of hate, but it's not because you know. I mean, for I, like the Confederate flag thing. I mean, I, that's actually recent that it's like only become of that it's only been recognized as like a symbol of. Hatred. I mean, it was on the freaking General Lee on right. the Dukes of Hazzard for what? How many yeah. years? Even in the movie, like I remember, yeah. the, I had to watch that god awful movie, which I love Broken Lizard, but that that movie was awful. Where like there was a debate about should they keep it on, should they keep it off, and they're like, well, we'll keep it on, but we'll make a joke about it. And I'm like, just take the fucker off. Like, like, right? There, there's there's no there's no if you take away the connotation. Then that just strengthens a symbol that could be that that's already used for hate. Well, I, I mean, mean, ultimately, it becomes a a question of subversion, and any icon that becomes popularized, sure, it you know it's only a matter of time before someone bends it to their will. Right, but that's and, but you know, that's you the see, thing. like you and know, just waiting for the, the. That's what's happening with the Confederate flag, and people are resisting and saying, oh, no. Yeah. no we don't mean the the whole slavery part. We just mean you know all the good parts of the Civil War. And I'm like, what yeah, good parts. Just, that, that, that's yeah, a whole other. We power. just mean that the uh, <laughs> tropical empire that uh, Jeff Davis dreamt of. But that's not even stretched to but Brazil. You're not, you're not wrong. Right. Because yeah, yeah. here's the thing that happens is you take you take a, a standard you know whatever rectangular flag you slap it on your car or, you know uh, you 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 take a Confederate flag and then you can say. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. This is this is my hair. This is representing my heritage. You take that same image and you superimpose it on a Punisher logo, and what you're saying is, "Come take it from me. I will fucking kill you." 
Right. That's what you're yeah. saying. Any of those things that you you put on the Punisher logo, it becomes personal. Yeah, exactly. And, and, that, and, it, and, and it's it acceptable says basically now. that. Yeah, and and it, but I think it's also because of that disconnect. Um, mm-hmm. You well, know, that, yeah, it's, that's it's been genius. disconnected so much from the right. nature of the Punisher. Now it's just, hey, it's it's toothsome skull. Oh yeah, it's like a metal thing. You know, it's like, like the skull right. of that that business guru with the, the giant set of choppers. Right. I can't remember, but that really tan guy with a. Was that the Sweet Frog Frozen Yogurt logo? It was There's Joel Olstein for Sweet yeah. Frog Frozen Yogurt. <laughs> That's right. He is a Sweet Frog. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's um, let's talk for a second since yeah. we're still on this about Jerry Conway who created the Punisher, because when all this was happening, much like the Pepe the Frog thing, it's a sad day when the guy who created the 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 uh, IP that you're appropriating has to come out and defend his original IP from you fuckbags out there that are trying yeah. to that are trying to make it something that it's not when you know the whole idea was you know he started as you know uh, the punisher started as somebody trying to assassinate spider-man that's exactly how he started oh, that's right yeah I forgot about that. <laughs> and so he comes well, out no, isn't that the genius of the punisher though is that, is that it's like okay we're giving you vengeance like this is you and 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 if it if you don't if you see it as a heroic story, well then that kind of tells a lot about you. If you see it as a tragedy, then I think you're more um, not human, but more. Um, I, I think human is an appropriate I mean? term. There, okay. is that you you have the capacity yes. to. Yes. You have more empathy if you see. You, yeah, if you, you see uh, the story as a tragedy. It, and it, not it a is. It is Lincoln. Yeah. It's Lincoln's gentler angels of our nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus okay. just. Being a complete and total ass face. Right. But he goes on this to say, "This is my damn show, so I can say you're a complete and total ass face." Yeah. Well, I've I've yelled <laughs> at you, but, you know, I've yelled yeah. at people and called them fuck nuts tonight. So oh, yeah. we are sure. all in good company here. But let me. Danny let me, uh, brings out the best in us. <laughs> I know we're probably running long, but I want to touch on something that occurred to me at the opening of the show, because you spoke of the IP. Right. And it's just being stolen wholesale at this point. You know, Marvel yeah. didn't license the Blue Lives Matter, the Confederate, the, you know, good Whatever. old boy, uh, you know, the American Punisher. Mm-hmm. That's all been just stolen, much like pissing Calvin. I was going to bring that up. That's that out of all the co-ops, co-opted symbols. Like, yeah, I have seen. That's Calvin, the one that pisses me off the most. I've seen Calvin uh, no pissing pun intended. On- I'm yeah. pissing on everything from the Ford logo to P Diddy, and uh, it's just uh, or to uh, damn it, wrong guy. Anyway, no. uh, <laughs> I'm sure you, that uh, this, I'm sure it's out there, and if it's not, yeah, I'll appropriate will, that. Yeah. I will do a Calvin pissing on P Diddy sticker. So essentially, and the, thing is, it's not a, the, the problem I had, and I it, I was going to bring up the pissing Calvin thing because I because it started like right as I was getting into Calvin and Hobbes and was like kind of like learning so much about you know philosophy in the world and then it's and it's like oh there's calvin and like oh they found one of him looking mischievous so it looks like he's like we'll we'll turn this into something that is completely not what anyone intended calvin to be and it's not a parody but the part like uh clickhole.com the the onion the onion spinoff did a, a a hilarious bit where it's like the headline was like 
you know, after you watch this, you'll never see Calvin and Hobbes the same way again. And it's just an animation of Calvin and Hobbes, like just dry humping each other over like porno music, which that's a parody. Like that's, that's like co-opting. Co-opting isn't even a parody. It's just, we're going to take this and make it something completely. And, and, and that one. But there's a, there's a strange comic book. I just had to rant about that. You're good. Go ahead, I'm glad you did. But there's yeah. a, a curious comic book analog that occurred to me before the show, and I'm glad it floated back oh, to the top right. of my addled brain. <laughs> the word zombie, which yeah. is a yeah. disambiguation from the Z-O-M-B-I from Haitian mm-hmm. religious voodoo, was actually once co-owned as an intellectual property by dc and marvel Mm -hmm. but the word became so prominent Mm -hmm. and so grossly overused that it became apparent to both owners that to challenge in court they would have to file over a half billion lawsuits Mm -hmm. and it became adopted by the world in much the way that you know you say uh you know what do you want to drink i'll have a coke all i've got is root beer you said you had Coke, you know, or some, some <laughs> no, it became the term Coke, for yeah, like Xerox or Kleenex. Right. And, you know, we don't have to go and drop a, a dollar in the uh, off to I, IBM every time we say Xerox. But, uh, you know, I think in the same way that it would just be impossible to police this at this point. They just have to grin and bear it. But it's the same sort of thing, only on a grand and gross subverted scale well who actually so you said marvel and dc own the term zombie the the word zombie yes okay i never knew that because hmm. i my, but my just earliest kind of taken over like, by yeah. by the horror genre and by uh sure. people who didn't know what zombie really meant they thought it was just this really cool undead people who go around and eat brains and right what, <laughs> well it wasn't in night of the living dead like i don't think they use the word well i don't think they use the word zombie except till the night of the dead right Something like that, but yeah. yeah, by that time the damage was done. Right, but I mean, it wasn't. Is that like a recent term? No, it was uh, some time back. Okay, because I remember White Zombie with Bela Lugosi, and although the zombie was more, was not the running around eating or walking around eating. But people. what about Vincent Price? Oh, he's not a zombie. My God, <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Lee, on the other hand, just total zombie. Oh. He's baller. He is, I, he is a, baller. He is 100% great, baller. I've heard Stephen Fry tell a story about the time he worked. He was going to work with Christopher Lee, who was like, you know, very low voice and kind of intimidating. And Stephen Fry was working on a film with Peter Cushing, um, who was, you know, who knew Christopher Lee and was like, I, and he was telling him, like, oh, I'm scared to work with Christopher Lee. He's like, no, Peter's, Peter's adorable. I'll tell you what, I'll call him up. And he picks up the phone and calls him. <laughs> and he's, and he's, and, uh, Peter says, uh, Peter, darling, it's Christopher. There's a young man who's scared to working with you. Will you talk to him? And he just hands him the phone. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Steve, and Christopher, like, yes, who are you? It's, uh, it's Stephen. I'm looking forward to working with you next week. <laughs> and it's, it's just, uh, that's uh, wonderful. You pass me back to Mr. Cushing, please. And that's just <laughs> – Yeah, it's great. <laughs> but I, I do want to say, you know, now – and that we, we do our best to have this podcast be evergreen. You can pick it up and listen to it whenever. Um, we uh, okay. 
Matter of fact, we're so evergreen that usually the only thing we talk about is 40-year-old comic books. So um, that's – you'll never know. This could that's have been made – evergreen. That's like mold green. That's right. It's black mold. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's a movie coming out uh, very shortly. Um, it's, it's the Joker movie, and mm. um, I'm very excited for this movie, but also – I'm worried about this movie and I should yes. never be worried about a comic book movie. <laughs> I shouldn't be, oh I should be more worried about a Something comic book. Danny. Danny, I knocked Danny off of his seat. Oh no, I was just sitting up. Sorry. I was just sitting up. Um, I was, I didn't know was don't sit up. I, you know, because the thing, the thing is in our, in the, in the time and space in which we're living right now, Everyone is – everything is for everyone individually. Yes. And fiction is – Not only that, fiction. everyone thinks they own everything they love. They oh, no, exactly. Love They're like, no, that's mine. That was my childhood. Don't ruin well, it. Especially, exactly, to the yeah. point where if something – you know, if we're disappointed with Game of Thrones, then we throw a fit okay. and, and have a, a giant writing campaign. And guess what, kids? Not going to change a damn thing. Yeah, yeah. But when with, you put up – but I get your concern about Joker because when you put up seven no, million dollars yeah. out of your own pocket, then you can then, talk. Then they might start thinking about remaking the ending. But when, <laughs> what uh, my concern is this: that you know we all are, you know, Gen Xers. I don't think care. Um, I think that that's the thing we we've all given all right. up. Yeah, we, 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 we gave just, up. We I gave up care. it. You know, we gave up when we watched singles. We were like, "That's we, it. We're done." Yes. Um, Here's, Gen X's motto is, eh. Yeah, right. Somebody else will handle it. You <laughs> go go of... get him, Tiger. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know. But, Thank God for the millennials. <laughs> right? The, they're, handling, they're handling business out there. But the, yeah. but the scary part about that is I've already seen the, I, I identify with the Joker. Right. I, I, yeah. The, the Joker is my co-pilot. And, and we. I mean, I can kind of see why. I, again, he's a homicidal maniac character, you know, but he's happy. And don't we all deserve to be happy? Yeah. <laughs> but we've got – but we've hit a point, right? <laughs> I know. It's sick. No, I mean it's like he's the ultimate villain because he equates happiness with death. And it's horrifying. But it's more it's than that. It's now horrifying and makes him scarier. But now but he's represented it's like the, in this way that makes him this bullied – um, oh, I'm going to say some words here, and I'm sorry if I offend anybody. You know what? I'm not sorry if I offend anybody. No, if sure anybody offend. identifies and equates in a, in a way, in a serious way that's not satirical with what I'm about to say, I'm sorry that I I didn't. I'm not sorry that I offended you. I'm sorry to anybody that was offended that is just offended to be offended. Um, you know, these these in an incel bullied right. way yeah, yeah. that that you know in the story he he snaps. And, and becomes the Joker and say, I can identify with that. The scary part about that is in our day and age, that identification can very easily lead to what we saw a couple weeks ago. Yeah. In, in oh, the no, absolutely. In both the Proud of Boys, that's what the Proud Boys are all about is, oh, we're white males who can't get laid. So society owes us this. And so we're going to, you know, get what we want, even by violent means. Like uh, the, the guy that creates that is one of the most despicable Gavin. human beings. Gavin, yep. Gavin McInnes. Yep. Is one of the most despicable human beings on the on the planet because he's just, uh, first of all, just to 
just to just to start an organization like that, even ironically, the name Proud Boys, uh, it comes from a musical because like somebody that was working with him, like really liked musicals. And so we, they thought, oh, we'll start this pro white male organization and call it the Proud Boys, like ironically. So, I mean, it's like that's where his mind is. Yeah. But and, and the thing about it is we live in an age where so many people embrace the wrong thing. And the big problem there, the insidious thing there, is that that thing becomes the scapegoat. I remember years ago seeing some one of those stupid afternoon uh, talk shows by some pseudo psychologist or you know, oh, yeah. big mouth who, you know, they would have somebody on. They would talk about all this stuff. And there was some you know, dubious connection made between some I mean, teenager who went yeah. nuts and killed a bunch of there's uh, always going to be a, a people and the the movie The Beastmaster. But yeah. supposedly, sorry, I didn't mean to laugh that hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the irony. Supposedly, this yeah. is the movie that led him to do this. But the thing about it is, if that's what led him to do this, there would have been a hundred Beastmasters a day. Yeah, especially when that was in the theater out rampaging and murdering people and running around with ferrets or something and and letting canaries out of their cage and pretending they were eagles and and slaughtering children. Yeah. But the thing about it is there is a type of psychology out there that is grasping for something. I mean, but the and thing is, now and again, it, it finds its Beastmaster or its Joker or it's, right. you know, it's video game or what have you. And. It's never about the frightening psychology of modern America. Yeah. Because that's that's too broad an issue. That's we can't tackle that, but by God we can crack down on video games. Yeah, exactly. Like and to your point about crack like down yes on, on so, ferrets. Right. But the the thing is, I mean, whether it's Joker or video game I mean, there's always been a scapegoat. And to yeah. your to 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 um, to Andrew's you know, concern about how like a proud boy or an incel might take this and kind of make it their own thing and use it to kind of fuel some violent insurrection. Like, I mean, a movie can't be held responsible for that. I'm not, and I'm not saying you were no, saying that. No, no, absolutely not. But like, yes, continue, like please. it goes back. I mean, in the forties and fifties, it was, you know, the, 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 the scapegoat was horror comics. I mean, you all know this tales from the crypt and the EC oh, comics. Yeah. And, oh yeah. The well, comics. That's, code that's of authority. why I right. That's why in our intro we're known, uh, as Eddie says, we're uh, yeah. always ready to seduce the innocent here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that line. It's great. But I, I just the realized, issue isn't I just the realized movie. when you intro that, that you said I don't read comic books. I'm like, no, wait, I read the old – I have the old tales from the crypt. Good. So there. That's one thing. <laughs> I would never I'm, blame I'm, the movie. I'm qualified movie. to talk about one thing, so now I'm just going to talk about that for the rest of the show. Um, I would never no. blame the movie, but what I am going to say no, 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 is no, I have no. already seen, and I'm not talking, I'm not talking about a Mary Sue article here where somebody went out and searched and compiled, you know, right. things. But I've already seen people, you know, post uh, in various social media aspects. You know, somebody will go on and post, you know, I, I think that this Joker movie is problematic. They're going to get twenty or thirty multi-paragraph responses to that basically saying stay in your lane um yeah yeah you know you don't know what you're talking about this is you know this is my joker i identify with this joker because this joker is a um because he appeals to me and that's why this is being made is because i'm here and i'm out here and they've recognized me 
They've yeah, this is the Joker we deserve. And and the irony is that they don't they don't know who the fuck you are. Like if like a comedian, uh, 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 there's a great comedian who's torn down Daniel Sloss, um, who I got to hang out with backstage when he was here in town. Um, humble brag. How's it? Per- uh, what's that? Humble brag. What? I'm sorry, humble brag. You, yes. No. Um, huge humble brag. I, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. Continue. Proud brag. I'm going to start. A, I'm going to start a group called the Proud Brags. The Proud Brags. Proud Brags is going to be my insult group. No, he says like when I write a joke and you're offended by it, he doesn't understand that because like I don't know you. Like, like if you say you're offended by something, you know, it's like, well, I I didn't know you when I wrote this, so like how you exactly know, that like oh I'm offended because you made a joke about. Um, you know, pit bulls oh, or whatever. Like, well, I own a pit bull and they're not, they're not as dangerous. And I'm like, I didn't know you own a pit. I didn't even know you existed when I wrote the joke. Well, so it's the main thing Joker. No, it is exactly that yeah. same sort of thing. It's like that uh, god awful claymation pirate movie where there was so much outrage about a, uh, you know, making a, a very dated uh, leprosy joke. I don't remember that. They, in the initial – oh, what the hell was the name of that thing? It was, it was a claymation pirate movie that came out about four or five years ago. Google claymation pirate movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and the initial, yeah, no, the initial like ad campaign was you know, that the pirates right. encounter a leper on a boat and his arm falls off. And there was such outrage they had to pull that ad campaign and replace it with one more sensible. Right. And it's like, it's you know, I mean, like, oh, most, so. most people in this modern age have never met a someone afflicted with leprosy and in the context of the film it's a period piece and i'm pretty sure in that in the the days of the wild pirates on the sea that leprosy was a lot more tragic than it is today the thing that bugs me the most about the kind of like concern that that and or not even concern just the idea that andrew says that someone you know that an incel might own the joker and use it to like the people that like get so offended that they start some kind of campaign against a movie. It's like 1% of the population. Right. It's, it's, I'll, I'll put it, I did a show, I did, I did my match game show once at a theater here in town. And, you know, we give away like, you know, we give away like a prize to the winner and then we give away like a dumb prize to the loser, like a VHS copy of Kindergarten Cop or whatever. And on, in this particular show, I got, I, I found a book called like The Complete Guide to Lupus. <laughs> okay. Because it's, I mean, yes, lupus is a horrible disease, but it's a, it's, it's a funny word. It's, it and I, it, one of my favorite Mitch Hedberg jokes is like he talks about alcoholism. It's like no one gets upset when you, you know, alcohol is the only disease that people get upset at you when you get it. Nobody goes, damn it, Rick, you got lupus. Like, <laughs> it's, it's the joke is that it's funny. It's not that it's ignoring the thing. So anyway, so the the person that lost, I gave them the lupus book. And I go afterwards to say, oh, thanks for doing the show. I enjoy it. And, the, and she and she said, like, holding it in, like, like, like I have lupus. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, and, and, I, to, and I lose it. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm so – she's like, no, I'm not offended. It's fun. like, like how – one, how are you supposed to know? And two, well, it's like a one in a hundred chance that that would even happen. So, like, if she has the disease – and she can see the humor in it, then like 99% of people don't care. Precisely. Right. And, and good on her for having that capacity because other people would be like, you know, mm-hmm. they, they want to slap you in the face for saying something that's remotely connected to oh, them yeah. as a stranger. I remember once in a, 
a job I had in high school or college one, and this woman came and uh, was working in a pharmacy, and she told the pharmacist she had laryngitis, and he said, you have the husband's delight. She's my husband's dad. And I'm like, how the fuck would he know? <laughs> yes, because when he said that, he meant specifically your husband. That joke was written just for you. Yeah, it, it's there, like, kind of I, – I don't want to – because, again, there's some people – like, it's what I call the girl in Jurassic Park syndrome. Right. I happen to be a vegetarian. Well, yes, it was exactly. tattooed on your forehead, bitch. Yeah. And the thing is, like, it's not to me. It's not a black and white thing. Like, there are some comedians that are hacks and do jokes about, you know, about things just to be mean. And actually, I'm kind of, I'm kind of. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Dave Chappelle's new special, but he does really in like the first ten minutes. He does a bit about Michael Jackson's alleged uh, uh, sexual abuse victims and how like he doesn't believe them. And it's like I get the joke, but man, that's a line. Like I'm not offended, but it's 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 interesting to me because it pushes such a line of like, here's what I say I believe in a joke. Here's the joke. And the thing it, is, I had no idea how to react to it. <laughs> and that's kind of what made it funny, which I guess was in his intention. Well, and- and the thing about it is it, it may seem a bit like we've gone off the rails here, but we've actually just <laughs> taken a – we're yeah. actually taking a parallel track because that's really part and parcel what this is all about exactly. is it all comes down to a matter of perception yeah. and to the police force that decides to put the Punisher logo on the cars. To their perception, this is saying you know we're the, we're the fine line between the good guys and the bad guys into – at least my own perception, that's like, you're not getting it. Not even perception, just context is, yes. I think, what it's lost in this. So, like, the woman that, you know, got upset about the husband, what was it, the laryngitis husband joke. Yeah, like, exactly. He, was, he didn't know that your husband was dead. The context is he was just trying to say a joke, say a joke to make you laugh. If he knew that your yeah. husband was dead. If you, I think if, if, you, you if you've know, ever had laryngitis... Be- it's very hard to laugh, so that's very insensitive. <laughs> so she was offended that. Yes, exactly. She tried to make me do the one. It's the lupus thing all over again. <laughs> <laughs> it's the lupus thing all over again. Twenty-five years before. <laughs> but no, it is. It runs the same parallel. The whole time y'all were talking about comics, I was like, oh god, this is just like what's going on with comedy now, where you know someone tells a joke that they don't like, and all the context gets taken away and focused on the scandal exactly and what everyone's spoiling for a fight in this day and age right, right. so uh andy are you still with us yeah no i'm here <laughs> I, I'm I, just just, I thought we you had just sort of lost your show here uh but <laughs> I'm, I'm sure on. we probably <laughs> yeah yeah well every time i get behind the mic it, it, you lose your show <laughs> but, uh, now let's break down what lupus is that's what i'm gonna yeah, our right. next episode <laughs> is gonna be all about lupus um, all lupus all the time <laughs> We're gonna, yeah, that's the title. It's all lupus all the time. We're going to talk about werewolf by night. Sponsored by Sweet Frog Frozen Yogurt. That's right. Speaking of sponsored by Danny, do you have do you have any plugs that you would like to plug yourself for? I think you you got um, something coming up at the end of the month, yeah. don't you? Uh, uh, well, he's appearing as Sweet Frog Frozen Yogurt in Addison, Texas. I'm going to look. For he's one not actually forming. He's just getting one of those things where you <laughs> fill up the yogurt and you go weigh it and you get overpriced. Yogurt. Mine is uh, all sprinkles, by the way. When I go get yogurt, it is <laughs> like just half, up half sprinkles. It, it, not kidding. It's the, the only way to do that is I just get Rocky Road ice cream. All the toppings are in it. Don't I don't worry have, about it. I don't have to hold up the line and be like, oh, do I want gummy bears or 
Oreos on this on this grape uh, 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 sherbet. Danny's you know. thinking of, uh, of Baskin Robbins. That's a different deal. They have no frogs. Oh, okay. I'm so sure uh, go ahead and, uh, and plug your uh, your local stuff. Oh. If you're in the Dallas Fort Worth area and you want to see more of Danny, please do. By the way, he's a genius. Yeah. Oh, man, thank you. for real. No, well, you, you, you actually need to see this man in person because we've had the good fortune to do that periodically. Um, actually, I got a lot of stuff to plug. So this this right. Saturday, I don't know what just... free tickets here. <laughs> I can get some. Yeah. Um, no, this Saturday I'm doing uh, a new show. Uh, right now, most of my stuff's at Comp- Stomping Ground Comedy Theater in Dallas, 1350 Manufacturing Street. It's a great, it's a nonprofit uh, uh, comedy theater that does, they do like traditional comedy club shows, but they're really big on like out of the box stuff, which is what I love. And we're doing something called Comedy Court, where I have to argue, I'm basically like the attorney uh, defending a slapstick versus uh just straight wit so that's this weekend next weekend next friday I'm just, yeah, you laugh but i got something like that playing um, <laughs> back pocket baby it's it's, it's yeah. as, as longtime fan of the boys this is going to be yeah, a can, can, you, can you do a yeah. uh, curly shuffle because you know me and my friends love that's if uh curly was slowly morphing into the ape from any which way but loose um (laughs) wow very deep cut it's a real specific impression (laughs) that would be clyde by the way yeah clyde that's his name yeah uh and then uh yeah i'm doing a play at the end of the uh 20th and 21st at pocket sandwich theater called saturday mornings in which i play uh exaggerated versions of breakfast cereal mascots it's nice somebody wrote this play and it's absolutely hilarious and i i won't say which ones i get to play but like they take on certain archetypes and it kind of it's the first time i've gotten to do like real like character stuff and that's great yes yeah again reference (laughs) it's all about the reference for me two references and i'm like don't damn it you're spoiling it yeah. without him knowing even what it is and then i got tons of hey, lupus settle down <laughs> sorry my lupus was acting up <laughs> i could go on i got my so joker much. was acting up sorry oh, my joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just follow me on uh, this is danny g uh or writer danny gallagher on facebook yeah. at this is danny g on that's that's the best plug i I should have done that five months ago. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you're one of those guys that, like, I I follow, like, uh, like, and and I'm not, I'm not being, I'm not being, you're good, you're what they call a good follow. Oh, Um, thank you. Because it's like, um, it's like, in my thing, it's like, Mark Maron, Greg (laughs) Proops, Danny Gallagher. Like for real, I'm not kidding. Like that's where you fall into the echelon of the people that I laugh at on on, on, the, on the social one, media. I'm, ex- I'm extremely flattered. On two, I'm like, fuck, I gotta be funny tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, or, roundabout, or, or, roundabout, or, three o'clock tomorrow. You best be on your A game, pal. Well, right. <laughs> we Rob just the bar, Mister. Like, How dare you recommend this guy? He wasn't funny. He just bitched yeah. about his day. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could listen to Hey Kids comics to listen to people bitch about Nick. <laughs> no, no but, seriously, like anything, any true. opportunity, any chance you get, Mash Game. Uh, if you can follow him on socials, do that. Oh. It's just it's it's yeah. it's super fun. 
you're, you're a I, super fun guy. Yeah. We just did a new show called the Maki Horror Picture Show, which is my Mystery Science Theater 3000 Dream Project on October 22nd to uh, Jesse James Meets Frankenstein's Daughter. Nice. Oh, fun. Which we actually wrote a while ago, but we haven't gotten to yet, so we're going to do it for Halloween. That's and that's the last plug. That's the last one I can think of. Well, if you got, if you got any more plugs, you just let us know. We'll make sure they oh, run. Um, Cole, why don't you plug up your stuff? We'll make Eddie Medina read them out here on the show. That's right. We'll have an addendum to the show. It's going to be 45 good. minutes of Eddie just reading <laughs> so, stuff. Seriously, this moment reminds me of the first time I tried to make a business card. I literally put every job I did on one business card. That's called a resume. I don't yeah, know it was a resume it was. a fucking business card. It, I, right. literally so, of course, this is uh, Hey Kids Comics coming to you from the auspices of the Jedi Cole Universe at JediCole.com where there will soon be the first article in damn near forever uh, about my experience at Distortions Unlimited in Greeley, Colorado, which is fucking amazing. Uh, and uh, you can uh, write to us at jcumail at yahoo.com. And be sure to check out my live streaming podcast coming to you from downtown Dallas on the first and third Sundays of every month, The Rancor Pit Live with me and Eddie Medina. Uh, from 10.30 to 11.30 a.m. Central on DallasOnAir.com, preceded on the third Sundays of every month by my other live podcast, Isle of Toys, that's A-I-S-L-E, where myself and usually a guest talk about all things toy-related. Uh, in fact, I'm very hopeful to uh, have a big friend of the show come on uh, for the third Sunday of this month and talk about the uh, – Got what I'm titling Gotham City Toy Department, where we talk about the long, amazing history of Batman toys. Oh, well. Nice. You're going to need a couple weeks for that, right? It's going to be an eight-parter. Uh, and yeah. you can, you can find us. Actually, on the show. <laughs> you can find us at HK Comics Show, Facebooks and the Instagrams and the Twitters. And you can also find my second, uh, you, our second article in a really long time. It's an article I'm going to write about the quality of the bathrooms at every Sweet Frogs in the nation. Um, <laughs> By the way, there are no Sweet Frogs in Ohio. I checked. Sorry. I will fucking I... drive there now. That's what's going to happen is I'm going to go. It's going to drive to Virginia. Lindsey Buckingham's Holiday Road's going to play. I Map. Circle like whoop, whoop, and I just a... gave the biggest plug to Sweet Frog damn premium frozen. Oh, and I'm gonna call them and say, hey, could you put a moose out front that says you're like closed for two weeks or something like this? <laughs> so shows up. That's just a wife's tale. <laughs> How quickly can you resurrect John Candy? <laughs> I think I think little by little we're doing that here. I think so. I think so. All right. Bye, collect, and enjoy your comics. Uh, say goodnight, Danny. Goodnight, Danny. There you go. Uh, join us next uh -huh. week for more Hey Kids Comics. I think we're talking about dirty books, aren't we, Cole? We are indeed. We are. Uh, join us next week for with the impeccable Michael Price returning to the oh, show nice. as our yeah. special guest uh, for Hey Adults Comics. See, That's Danny, you're in good company, man. So wait, there's a porn comic episode, and this is the one you invited me on? <laughs> We're the one I clearly know less about. Okay, no. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't want to. It would take it even longer between the moments. <laughs> Danny, the porn comics were printed way too small on your business card. I couldn't read it. So you're going to have to really blow that up in order 
it to really stand out. All right. Uh, we'll join, join us next week for more Hey Kids comics. Good night. Good night, everybody. Hashtag lupus.